for those of you who uh, do not know, this is my final uh, weekend here at Our Lady Wisdom. And I want to just reflect on my time here through the lens of Advent, the Eucharist, and ultimately Thanksgiving. And we just heard, watch therefore, because you know not the time or the hour when the Son of Man will come. Um, I can assure you, when the bishop called me a few weeks ago, on a Sunday evening, uh, I did not know that that was coming. Um, it was very much like getting hit in the head with a cast iron pot, and then having to get up and be reoriented to it. And I did know that this day was coming. I didn't know where it would be or when it would be. Certainly not in the middle of the school year. But I know that the Lord had given me immediately a lot of grace. Because probably like you, every time I hear that gospel, I think of Christ coming as some sort of thief. And a lot of bitterness can easily set into my heart. And I knew that this day was going to come, and I knew that there was potentially going to be a lot of bitterness that would set in within my heart. But there's a lot of grace these last few weeks. Um, and I know that the Lord is not a thief, and that he's not a robber, and that is the truth. And that the Lord ultimately gives so that we can give back. And the only adequate way of doing that is through gratitude. And so these last few weeks, just in personal prayer, I've just been starting to offer back everything that I've received from wisdom. And it's been, um, while good, also frustrating, because I know how much that the Lord has given me here. In fact, I kind of dreaded preparing this homily because I knew that I would have to put words to my gratitude. And to put words to anything is to put limits on it. And it's felt like there's just been a limitless amount of thanksgiving. And so only a few days ago, I was praying, uh, been praying with the book of Sirach for the last several months. And I was consoled because on Friday, Sirach 42.17, yet even God's holy ones must fail in recounting the wonders of the Lord. Yes, yet even God's holy ones must fail in recounting the wonders of the Lord. So, forgive me for these next ten minutes or so of incoherent, insufficient thanksgiving um, for for my time here at Our Lady Wisdom. First, the effect that college ministry has had in my own life as a student in college is hard to say. My very first walk on LSU's campus, the very first person that I met was a spiritual director, Father Paul Grow. And after two years of ministry, um, of, of college at LSU, I entered the seminary, and I always thought in the back of my head how amazing it would be specifically to be the parochial vicar at Our Lady Wisdom Church and Student Center 
because I knew that the effect that Father Paul grew and Father Todd Lloyd of the Diocese of Baton Rouge had upon me as a spiritual father and a spiritual director and a model of holiness. And so, you know, kind of keep track about these things, whether it's healthy or not, than seminary. You're like, okay, you know, Father, uh, Father Broussard is assigned here as parochial vicar. Okay, oh, he's going to be moving after two years. You know, Father Nick Dupre is assigned here. You know, like maybe he's only going to be here for a couple of years. Okay, he's here for one. And then, and then your brother gets assigned here, and you're like, oh, well, that's a pipe dream. Um, that'll never happen. Um, but for some wild and crazy reason, it did happen. And um, for the last three and a half years, it seemed like I've been on watch, not knowing when the Son of Man was coming, because when the bishop assigned me, he didn't tell me a number of years. I just assumed that um, he would have me here for a year, and then one turned into two, two turned into three. He probably lost my contact in his phone, and then uh, and now I'm here. Um, but for three and a half years, it's been incredible. And so, with the three and a half years, um, I'll start by thanking the parishioners. I was assigned here first um, after coming from St. Bernard in Brobridge and Father Garrett McIntyre. It's my pastor. It's my closest uh, priest friend um, while I was in seminary. It was a beautiful assignment. And whenever I got assigned, he told me immediately, they will make you a better homilist because they listen thought like yeah certainly everyone listens but um, I'll never forget my first Sunday mass here after preaching speaking with a few of the parishioners for about 10 minutes about the implications of the meaning of the homily and the readings and thinking there's nothing like this there's nothing like this in the diocese people who are hearing the word of God and pondering it in their hearts it's a special thing it's a model of Mary and the church uh, your attentiveness within Mass and receptivity to the graces of the liturgy, but also your encouragement outside of Mass. That's a special thing that we have here, that people would want to hang around for 30 minutes after Mass, letting their children run around like free-range chickens. <laughs> and, and somehow no one yet has died. And that... <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so thank you. Um, for those penitents, you've challenged me by your own frequent and devout confession so that I have to be able to go to confession frequently and devoutly. There's something, a way, there's something about the way that sins are confessed here that shows a deeper awareness of the underlying underlying sin and the deeper illness in the human heart that has helped probe my own heart so thank you and then to those who have invited me into their home you've provided just a place of rest for me and a place of at-homeness but also 
just in the generosity in which you act with your children has provided me to the grace just to be a more flexible and generous priest. And so I thank you for that because it's affected my relationship with the students here. And then lastly, for this specific Mass, this 10 a.m. Mass is special. There's probably not another liturgy like it in the diocese. It's always a joy to be able, it's always the highlight of my week to say Mass at this time in this liturgy for these, for you people here. It's, there's nothing quite like it for my own heart and the vivacity that comes from it. For the staff, um, a few weeks ago, actually the day before the bishop called me, someone had made a jab at the JPG culinary cook-off that the priest is the one whose face is getting voted on, and it's scandalous that the priest doesn't cook the gumbo. <laughs> and then I remarked, yeah, it's actually just a microcosm of what it's like for a priest at a parish. The staff does all the work, but sadly the priest oftentimes gets all the credit. And so I'm so grateful to a staff that is not only large and hardworking, but is truly understands the vision of the church and the necessity of salvation of souls. So thank you for your work and your friendship and your humility. And that goes along with the focus missionaries. We've had a lot of wonderful missionaries here, all who can only reach certain specific people and cultivate within them certain specific graces and gifts. And that's been a beautiful thing to watch because so much as the focus missionaries go is how the student center goes. Thank you. The students, um, you have pulled fatherhood out of me. You have pulled out the best in me, and you have pulled out the worst in me. <laughs> because it's just how, like, you know, the fatherhood thing goes. Whenever I showed up here, I was, I was ordained as the youngest priest in the state. And because of that, always came off as a baby priest, if not because of my age, then at least because of my personality. And um, whenever I got here, an alum asked me, Father, do you feel like a spiritual father? And I said, no, I don't. I don't at all. I feel like a spiritual brother. I feel like a priest. But a spiritual father, that's not something that I feel like. But I thank the students for pulling that out of me and the evolution that has happened within me in the last three and a half years. If even for the mere fact of seeing so many students come in here as freshmen, and now seeing them in their senior year, and their own growth has been something that blessed are my eyes for what they have seen and my ears for what they have heard, for many have longed to see it. But then particularly, um, I can't thank enough, and I couldn't do this on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday morning because my, uh, my ducks only hold so many tears, but the, the men in BCB, for those who don't know, is the men's ministry that had begun here out of 
three and a half years ago out of the request of a student. Um, you have been the, just your simple presence and your challenge has been the backbone of my spiritual life here. The challenge to never miss a day of prayer, the challenge to fast once a week, the challenge to do spiritual reading has renewed my prayer life, has given me discipline, and renewed my mind in Christ that everyone at this parish has benefited from and that is because of men who are willing to live a life of sacrifice. And so you don't know how much that means and how much your own faithfulness affects others because it influences me who the bishop has given me this awesome role to then speak to his church and lead worship with his church and to absolve sins in his church. So please, continue in my absence. You don't know how much it affects the culture. Um, for those of me who have played me in ping pong, thanks for the self-esteem boost. I hope you get better when I'm gone. <laughs> I pray. Um, <laughs> for the spiritual directees, one of the things that has been most influential in my life was in high school going to see Father Curtis Mallette at the time at St. Genevieve for spiritual direction. He probed my heart, he taught me to pray, he clarified my thoughts, and he gave me a space to really understand my relationship with Jesus. And in moments when it seemed as if Jesus was distant, he was a spiritual father. I am so touched by the honor it is to do spiritual direction for so many students who just want to be holy and that they would entrust their hearts to a sinner like me in that process. I don't take that for granted. I don't take it for granted to walk into that holy ground. And so I thank you. There's, again, no words quite like it that I can express the gratitude. And to put words to it, it seems to put limits on it. But thank you for letting me walk in and allowing my heart to be tenderized in the process. And then lastly, for the priests. Father Sibley, uh, the challenge of his life, both with saw from the pulpit and in his own zeal, but also the things that I was the only one who saw. His time spent at 10 p.m. in the chapel, spent praying and reading. He provided a spark in my own priesthood to zealously pursue holiness in the Lord again and to not be afraid to approach the Lord in sincerity of heart. And to Father Broussard, you have a wonderful pastor for being a brother, uh, for being so conscientious in dealing with my faults, um, whether it's 
it's in the day-to-day grind, or whether it's waking up early and noticing that there's an uncountable amount of dishes in the sink. (laughs) For your humor, for your friendship, for your brotherhood, for encouraging me, for making me um, feel like a gift uh, to this church and to pulling out the best in me. It's nothing I expected or I could have asked for. And uh, yeah, it's something I'll truly miss. So thank you. So finally, there's a lot of gratitude that I could give. And I know that I've given insufficient gratitude. But I'd take, and it's, and it's hard to, again, put limits upon it. But I take a lot of consolation in that the Eucharist is itself thanksgiving. And that in the Eucharist, we approach it with as much as much as we approach our disposition and receiving the Eucharist, so we receive grace. And so my time here is just an exercise as as much as I can thank you is is as much as I can receive your virtues and receive the strength from as from Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist, so his presence in his mystical body, which is you. I also take great consolation the fact that the Eucharist is veiled from us. That we don't we do not know what eye is seen and ears heard for those who love God. And that all of these things, where there will be sufficient praise and thanksgiving, will be revealed in heaven, but is probably concealed from us on earth, if not from my own emotional health, then uh, because, as St. John Vianney says, if we knew what was present to us at Mass, we would die of joy. And so I take great consolation as the Eucharist is given to us as a veil and an act of thanksgiving. It is also the sufficient means of thanksgiving to the Father through him, with him, and in him. And lastly, that the Eucharist is not only given us as a Passover from this life into the next, or a Passover from this assignment into the next, but as the pledge of eternal glory. That what we have done here day in and day out, week in and week out, been invited into the Lord's passion, that we can be assured that if we persevere in faith and the state of grace, we will receive our eternal glory, where we will see him face to face, know him, and love him for all eternity.